Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere, like at your pregame barbecue. While you prep your meats, that grease trap you forgot to empty is prepping to smoke your porch, garage, and the car inside. And without the right home and auto insurance coverage, the cost to repair this could eat up your savings. So bundle home and auto with Allstate to save and get protected from mayhem like this. Bundled savings variant are not available in every state. Coverage is subject to policy terms and conditions. With your Amex card, entertainment benefits like special ticket access and pre-sales to select can't-miss events while supplies last, make every tap music to your ears. With the Wells Fargo Active Cash Credit Card, you can earn unlimited 2% cash rewards on purchases you want and purchases you need. That means you earn on what you want, like trying out that new workout class, and 2% cash rewards on what you need, like a foam roller for your sore muscles. That's the beauty of the Active Cash Credit Card. It's ready when you are, with unlimited 2% cash rewards. The Wells Fargo Active Cash Credit Card. That's real life ready. Terms apply. Learn more at wellsfargo.com slash active cash. The volume. What is going on, everybody? John Middlecoff, Go Low Podcast. Back at it again for the second major of the year, Oak Hill. Rochester, New York, Josh Allen and the Buffalo Bills in the house hosting what could be a little chilly and very difficult major. Looking forward to this one. Looking forward to this one. I I will talk off the top. You know, obviously, Rom, Rory are always going to be stories. Some thoughts on Liv. Big week for them, as always. The guys I'm betting on, uh, a hint, they're all on the American Ryder Cup team. And uh, then we will also take your questions after we talk to Jason Sobel, who when I talked to him earlier today, he had just walked the front nine. He's been there for a couple days. He he wrote that it's kind of like a hybrid PGA US Open. It's going to be hard. I mean, <laughs> it's not going to be easy. Uh, so just this week's awesome. I mean, anytime you give me a big golf tournament, whether major or non-major, you know, I'm, I'm watching a lot of it. So buckle up. Uh, get in the mailbag at GoLowPod, at GoLowPod. Fire in those DMs and get your question answered here on the show. TheVolume.com. Check out the merch. We got Golo hats. We got Golo polos. Um, we're continuing to just grind out some merch. And anything other than that, housekeeping-wise, I-, I would really love to hit a bet. I would really like... I- I've spread a lot of money out, but heavy on some top guys. I'd really like one of my guys to win the tournament. Jason Day, I, I gamble on him all the time. I've probably put $500 on Jason Day over the last calendar year. And the one week, it's like, you know, I'm not going to take him at 16 to 1. The guy wins it. Cool. I mean, awesome story, right? You know, his mother passed away last year to win his first tournament in five years on Mother's Day. But I feel like I'm owed a little bit. I, I do. Because I've, I've supported that man through thick and thin. But uh, let's dive into the majors. But first, do you live in Southern California? Do you want to go to LACC? Do you want to go to a major? Do you want to go to a PJ golf tournament near you? Hell, do you want to go to a baseball game? Do you want to go to a concert? I got you covered. The official ticketing app of this podcast, Go Low, called Game Time. Go to your smartphone, download the Game Time app. 
and use the promo code GOLO, G-O-L-O-W, and get $20 off your first pair of tickets. So any event you want to go to, sporting event, concert, comedy show, Dave Chappelle, you never know when he'll pop up. Use the promo code GOLO with the Game Time app. Download that bad boy, official ticketing app of this podcast. PGA Championship. It's here, baby. The last couple of weeks, it really for, you know, since the Masters, it gets a little sleepy. It does. Actually, it got good right after the Masters in Harbortown with Matt Fitzpatrick winning. But this feels like the stretch of this tournament. Then we have the U.S. Open here in a couple of weeks. It really gets going. It's major season. The FedEx playoffs, the Ryder Cup. Uh, this is when it gets really fun. I mean, the Masters is it's impossible to beat. It's the best tournament of the year. But this stretch of golf uh, feels pretty damn good. Uh, I'm really excited for the next month. It's actually less than a month uh, if you factor in the start of this tournament to the start of the U.S. Open week. And to me, the biggest story going into this week, I just looked it up, John Rom. Well, last night, on Monday night, I was watching Golf Channel. And I, I turned it down because I was talking to my girlfriend. And I look up and they have this graphic. It's like Brandel's talking. And it said, Scotty Scheffler and John Rahm have won five of the nine elevated events this season. Rahm's won three of them. I just looked it up before I hopped on the podcast. He's made over $14 million this season. It's obviously not even June. Still got three majors to go, the FedEx playoffs. I mean, this guy's headed for a Steph Curry, LeBron James type earning, Patrick Mahomes type's earning type season. And listen, the Grand Slam seems... Impossible, right? Because Tiger never could do it. He did the Tiger Slam, but he never did the Grand Slam. If he wins this week, and he's clearly the favorite, uh, I, obviously it would be in play because he won the two first majors. But I think it would be like, is this guy going to have the greatest season of all time? All four majors, the amount of money, the depth of golf has never been better. I mean, that's just a fact. And I'm not trying to sound like younger guy. Golf wasn't this deep in the 50s, 60s, 70s, anytime Tiger was playing since recently. So if John Rahm were to pull this off, it would be obviously, I mean, there's no amount of adjectives to describe how remarkable it would be. To me, the craziest thing, and this speaks to his greatness, it kind of feels like it's in play. I'm not going to bet on him this week. I actually kind of like him more at LACC. I'm not sure why. He's played really well at US Opens over his career. But, like, I expect him to be in the mix. <laughs> I really do. Uh, especially when everyone, we talked to Sobel, it's, you know, you got to hit it long. You got to have power. You got to have touch. I was listening to the Fried Egg podcast. It's uh, it's it's pretty good. They, they have different guests on. And someone on the podcast was talking about Tim Mickelson, Phil's brother, who used to be the Arizona State head golf coach, and then became, he's now... Rom's agent, and then he became Phil's caddy. That he told someone when Rom was in college that John can do everything Phil does, yet he drives it straighter. I don't think any two people beside Tim and Phil Mickelson. I mean, Phil Mickelson was betting people huge money. This guy was a lock to win a major by the time he was like 25 years old. The Mickelson saw this guy as a golf rocket ship. And I would say the last several years, he's really delivered. I mean, he's really come into his own 26, 27, 28 years old. I mean, he was damn good from the jump. I think he finished top five as an amateur at the Waste Management. Uh, but these last couple of years and what he's doing right now, 
He's the best player in the world. He feels like the best player in the world, eye test-wise. Obviously, statistically, he's right there. Um, I, I just think that cool part about sports is like Nikola Jokic is trying to become an NBA legend. Multiple MVPs win a championship. LeBron James is trying to add to a legendary career, right? If Aaron Judge leads the Yankees to a World Series as the captain, like that's rare air. I saw he had two home runs the other night. It was when the video got him kind of looking, maybe cheating. He denied it. The, the list of Yankees to have 30-plus two-home run games in their career was like Ruth, Mantle, uh, Gehrig, you know, Judge. It's like decent company. No, Re Reggie Jackson, not bad group. I mean, de decent group of guys. And, you know, I think Rom would enter. You know, this is what happened because Spieth and Rory won those majors so early it feels like Rom is somewhat the opposite. It kind of like in the peak of his powers came a little bit later in life. It's like, is, would this guy be headed, you know, toward eight majors and just as an all time like Jack, Arnie, Tiger, Rom, Trevino, Phil, like kind of that group, you know, and that, that's where I would bet on him going. But you got to start racking up those majors. And I think he was quoted as saying that he would choose way more majors in the Grand Slam. I just, you know, if he wins this week, I, I mean, I think he's the heavy betting favorite the next two majors, but uh, it's going to be fascinating to watch. And on the flip side, Rory, you know, and I don't, you know, listen, I, it's weird. Scotty is a great player. He's clearly the second best player in the world. It just, I, I don't know, you know, once he's playing, I enjoy watching it. I don't know really what you can say about him. To me, Rory is much more interesting. Missed the cut at the Masters. Absolutely devastating. I mean, just, it was embarrassing and he disappeared. And now he's back. He feels like he's flying under the radar. His odds have dropped significantly. I mean, you can get him 13, 14 to 1. This guy just several a month ago was right there with Ram and Scheffler being 7, 8 to 1. And now they've basically almost doubled in the wrong direction. So, you know, every time that you just stop paying attention to Rory, he pops. Though when you look at Rory's history at the PGA Championship, which in fairness to this major, even though it's clearly the fourth best major, it usually plays pretty hard. Right, this major plays harder than the open typically if there's no wind, um, and definitely plays in terms of relative to par harder than the Masters. So I'm fascinated to watch Rory this weekend. Uh, I think there just is pressure on him, you know, to win more majors. I mean, there, there just is. Now he's definitely taking a backseat from talking a bunch of shit about Live. I think it's a fascinating week for Live, right? Because the Masters they played every single year. Phil Mickelson is going to be able to shoot 65 at the Masters, you know, non-Augusta week, probably in his late 60s. Maybe not 65, but I bet Phil in his late 60s can still easily break par at Augusta. And he can be competitive at Augusta probably throughout his 50s, right? Brooks, uh, DJ, Cam Smith, these guys are going to get so many reps at that course. Definitely DJ and Brooks played there forever. It's a little harder to judge. I think these next two tournaments, this one at Oak Hill and then LACC, we'll see how equipped these guys are. To me, I'm more fascinated. Like, that was cool. I'm not trying to diminish what they did at the Masters. I'm shorting the live guys a little bit. Like, I'm just not expecting that much from DJ and Brooks. I'm not going to wager on them. Uh, I, I just, my, my standard for them is just a little lower given that I see everyone reacting. A lot of people are going to bet on Brooks. A lot of people think DJ is a good play here. And historically, they 100% would be. But I'm just fascinated to watch this all play out, right? The, the Masters is a very, very 
it's an outlier from the other majors because it never rotates. And once you've played it 10 times, 10 times four, all your practice rounds, I mean, that's a lot of reps at one individual place, right? We'll see. We'll see. I I, I would, again, like I said, I'm not gambling on any of these guys. Uh, I hope that some of them are in the mix. I think it makes it for much more interesting and fascinating television. But I think it's going to be a little more difficult, and I would be a little... If you told me that more than half of these guys missed the cut, I, I think stuff like that's on the table. Just because I think good players at tough courses, U.S. Open, PGA, just missed the cut. It, it's difficult. Uh, it's Listen, the guy that I'm betting on pretty heavily is Max Homa. And his odds, I, I got him at originally 32 to 1. I saw his odds were closer to 35, 36 to 1. Now, to me, he's in the group of the people I'm putting money on, Xander and Tony Finau who have had much more success over their career and have been consistently on the PJ Tour much longer than Max. They just haven't won a major. To me, it feels inevitable. And listen, this guys can go a whole career and be great players and not win a major, but it feels like Tony Finau and Xander Shoffley are going to win a major. Why well, I've wagered on him. Max Homa also feels inevitable, though he has clearly done way less, but Max plays well on tough court golf courses. He won the Wells Fargo last year at TPC Potomac or whatever in D.C. that was like freezing cold, impossible conditions. He's won at Torrey Pines. He's won at Riv. Like his game translates to tough golf courses. He just has to prove it. And I think when you get the odds of a guy in the mid-30s who's clearly one of the best top seven, eight players in the world, I think it's pretty juicy. Like ultimately, like I bet on Tony Finau and Xander Shoffley a lot over the last three or four years to win majors and they haven't done it. I Like I said, I think it's going to happen. That's why I'm going to keep hammering it. There's that group of like, Spieth, we'll see if he ends up playing with the injury, but like JT, uh, obviously Rory and above. Like, I, I don't like Colin Morikawa as much. Like Cam Young, you have to win a tournament first, though I really enjoy watching you play before I can wager on you. Uh, but then there's the group of, I, I, I do think there's a fascinating group this week that has a little bit longer odds that... You probably safer to play top tens, but I do think could win the tournament, right? I think Terrell Hatton and Tommy Fleetwood are guys that could easily be in the mix Saturday and Sunday. Now, can they get it done? Can they hammer it home? Especially Tommy Fleetwood, he hasn't done it yet. Does he have the game to win a major golf tournament? Of course he does. Gary Woodland, you can get him like a hundred to one. His top ten odds, probably like twelve to one. He's a guy, played well at the Masters this year, has won a U.S. Open, so he plays well in tough conditions, has played well this season. Like, that's pretty interesting because this is a golf course where you got to hit it long. You got to have power. It's a second shot golf course. And uh, Keegan Bradley is another guy. Again, longer odds, 90, 100 to one range. I think by the time, you know, Thursday comes around, that number might be closer to 80 to one. But these are guys Hatton, Fleetwood, Keegan, and Woodland. I understand not putting some juice down on, you know, to win, just to win outright. But I think top fives and top tens are awfully juicy. And then, I like I said, I can't argue with you any of the group of the Hovlands, the Sun JMs, even the Cam Young. Like I said, he hasn't won yet, but he's going to win. Like That's that's inevitable. Like if Zalatoris hadn't gotten hurt, like he was going to win several times. It's just like Max Homa. You start playing that well. You just start winning. You know, these guys, Sam Burns, you know, it's 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 hard so there's so many guys in the 30, 40 to one range that are tasty. And that's what makes these majors fun. You know, I mean, I, 
Can you go wrong, wrong putting all your money on Rom or Scheffler or Rory? Like, I, I wouldn't call you an idiot. Rory feels a little bit, you know, more fickle. You know, if you just bet on Rom every single major moving forward, uh, that that might be the right play. Hell, if he wins two of the four and you put $1,000 on him, I know you wouldn't put 1000 but yeah, I don't, I don't think it's that crazy, right? You just would have won nine Gs at the Masters. You'd win seven Gs in the next couple if he wins another. So even if you lost 1000 you'd be up, what? $15,000. So that that actually might just be the smart play. And if he wins this tournament, I'm for sure betting the house on him to win at LACC. So I, I'm excited for this. I, I like watching guys play tough golf courses. I like it when it's hard to make birdies. I know these guys all complain about long par threes. Like, I'm sorry, it's fun to watch. Like, I, I know that you can hit 160 yard, nine iron, three feet. Like I watch, I like watching you hit a three wood into the wind. Like it's it's difficult. I know it sucks. It sucks for you. You're a great player. It sucks for all of us. But sometimes it's decent TV to watch. Just just a one off, and it really just happens a couple times a year. Maybe the PGA and definitely the U.S. Open because LACC is going to be a lot like that. So a lot of guys will complain. I will celebrate it. Juan Gabriel. Juan Gis. Selena. Selena. Celia Cruz. Azúcar. Carol G. La Bichota. Christina Aguilera. Extina. Just to name a few. We're serving the whole story. From rags to riches. And all the tea in between. I'm Liliana Vasquez. And I'm Joseph Carrillo. And we're the host of Becoming an Icon Season 2. Guess who's back in the house? And we're bringing you even more stories behind the world's biggest stars in Latin music. Certified Latin royalty. Consider us your star sleuths, your chisme besties, digging beneath los mejores éxitos to bring you everything you didn't know about your favorite Latin icons. Hey, you know what, my boo? You're my favorite icon. Aw, Joseph! Listen to Becoming an Icon, part of the Michael Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Nikki Glaser Podcast. Her roast of Tom Brady stole the show. Now she's talking about it on the latest episode of the Nikki Glaser Podcast. I said, tell Tom Brady that I'm the Tom Brady of roasting. Lots of people roasted the goat, but only Nikki is still being talked about. Every time I refresh my DMs, it's 14 blue check marks of people I didn't even know who knew me are writing like paragraphs to me. Hear that in all episodes of the Nikki Glaser Podcast on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Nikki Glaser Podcast to start listening. Okay. Coming to you from Oak Hill with Marv Levy. I mean, Jason Sobel. What is going on? Second major of the year. You can hear him every single day on Sirius XM. He's all over it. He'll be over all over it this week. You can find him on the internet right in his betting preview, which I just read. He called Oak Hill. A hybrid PGA US Open. I saw some John Rom quotes. This course is not easy. I, I know you just walk the front nine. Give me some early buzz on the course. Yeah, just walk the front nine. Just for this, by the way, just because I wanted to be prepared when I came on with you, Thank John. You. Uh, it is, I can confirm, a golf course. There's a lot of grass. They've got some holes in the ground with flag sticks put in the holes. Uh, it is a golf course. It uh, Look, I, the... The two things I will say about this one is it looks just like a PGA championship golf course. And, and what I mean by that is other than, okay, different weather, different grass types, you could take most of these golf holes and put them 
on Southern Hills, put them on Valhalla, put them on Hazeltine, and you'd go, yeah, this kind of fits. They all, there's a lot of similarities to all of them. You don't walk this golf course and go, man, what a fun golf course. This looks like a blast. You wouldn't turn it down if you got invited to play and you look at it and you say, yeah, that's a championship golf course. It's every blade of grass is exactly measured to the height that they want it to be. It's, you know, maintained meticulously, but it's not a fun golf course. It's not a, a ton different from what we'll see um, on, on a usual basis for PGA championships. But uh, like you mentioned, and you stole my thunder there, but uh, this is, I think it's not quite as difficult as a usual U S open golf course, but a little more difficult than a usual PGA championship course. I, I think it's going to be tough this week and, and the wind's going to blow a little bit. I was just speaking with the, uh, meteorologist here on site, Stuart Williams, told me, you know, it's it's going to be cold, probably going to frost delay on Thursday morning. It's going to push everything back. I think we're going to have one of those weeks where, you know, it's a little bit of a, not a start-stop kind of week, but if they don't finish on Thursday, playing catch-up Friday, more guys out Saturday morning, means maybe the leaders don't finish Saturday afternoon. They have to go out in the cold Sunday morning. A lot of things are going to shift throughout the week. Well, obviously, from a gambling perspective, by the time people are listening to this, the tea times will be out. Uh, the morning shifts then Thursday, Friday, and potentially Saturday, not quite as intense as, as Augusta was, but it's, you know, you're there right now. You're wearing a jacket. I see, uh, you know, it's, this isn't, you know, Los Angeles or Arizona. I mean, this is cold. Do you think that impacts the, the draw this week is a big deal dependent on how windy and cold it is on a specific morning, either Thursday, Friday, or Saturday? Yeah, planned very, very well, by the way. I wore a pullover over a hoodie and then walked the golf course. Now I'm sweating. So I, I don't know what any of that means uh, other than I overdressed for this. But um, I will say that, I, John, I'm having a hard time figuring out exactly who this might favor because, like I said, first thing in the morning, you get out here, even if there is a frost delay, once the frost delay is over, You've got colder conditions. The ball's not going to be flying as far. I think it's going to be really tough in the morning. Later in the day, though, the wind picks up. And so, okay, it might warm up 15 degrees from 8 a.m. to 3 p.m., but the wind might be blowing 15 miles an hour more later in the afternoon. And so I, I'm not sure there's a specific advantage either way. From what I hear, uh, Thursday afternoon and Friday morning. So the late early wave may be a little bit better this week than the early late wave. I don't know that I'd base all my bets on it. I don't think that I'd sit there and exclude anybody who is in the early wait late draw, but uh, maybe a little bit easier for those guys in the late early. Before we get into specific players, theme on this course, just seeing from a lot of you guys that are there, Carry distance off the tee is a pretty big deal. Obviously, you know, second shot golf course at any, you know, major championship is big. And this isn't just driver wedge, right? You're talking for some guys, driver four iron, driver five iron, even, you know, you can say driver six iron for some of these guys, but some of these guys hit their six iron 210 yards. So you have long second shots, correct, into these holes? You will have some. Yeah, there's a whole lot of 480, 490 yard par four. So, yeah, you're going to have some long second shots in. There's elevation as well. I, I will get back to it. Look, I, I say this before every major championship, but I, I don't mean to make some mockery out of our own self-analysis and what we're trying to uh, accomplish in the days leading up to a major championship because I'm in the prognostication business and I'm trying to help people figure out exactly the type of player that could and should play well on a specific course. But it goes back to what we say before every single major championship or at least almost every major, which is, well, 
You got to hit it long off the tee because, you know, this is not a short golf course by any means, but you don't want to hit in the rough, so you got to be long and straight off the tee. And then, boy, you got to be dialed in with your irons. Approach shots, you got you can't miss these greens. But if you do miss these greens, uh, you've got to be able to get up and down from around the greens. And, uh, boy, even if you don't hit it tight with your wedges, you, you've got to make some putts. If you don't putt well, you're not going to win this thing. And so there you go. That's golf. You've got to hit it long and straight, hit your irons well, get up and down with your wedges, and roll in lots of putts. That That's the type of player that's going to win here this week. <laughs> Does it have a feel? You know, you've been to these last two majors over the last month that Scotty and John Rahm combined have separated themselves as just going in. They feel even more than Rory. Obviously, you know, the top 20, 25 guys. I mean, golf's probably never been deeper, separate even from the odds, but just being out there. Does it feel like those? I mean, I know from the ranking standpoint, but just talking to players, talking to coaches. I mean, are they in a, their own tier right now to you? Yeah, I don't know that other players would necessarily admit it, or, or maybe they at least push that narrative so that it takes the heat off of them and puts it on those guys a little bit more. But yeah, I think there's no doubt that those guys have separated themselves as the two favorites, whether they're officially co-favorites in some books. I've seen I've seen books with Rom as a half-point favorite, some with Scheffler as a half-point favorite. One book I saw the other day had Rom as a half-point point favorite in the morning and Scheffler is a half point favorite in the afternoon so they keep flipping back and forth a little bit uh if i was making the odds this week john and i was asked this question yesterday i would have rom as again a very very slight favorite in the outright marketplace but when it came to props top five top tens i would have Scheffler a little bit shorter and again it's just it's fractional marginal but i would have Scheffler, who i think has a higher floor than Rom, but I think Rom's ceiling is a little bit higher. I'd have I'd have Scheffler as the favorite in the the prop marketplace, if you will, and maybe in some matchups. All of that said, yes, they have separated themselves. I, I feel like Rory's sort of been thrown in, at least by the odds makers and the books, as the third guy in the big three, but he hasn't played that way. He hasn't won yet this year. He's coming off two straight missed cuts, certainly not playing his best golf right now. And so I don't know that Rory necessarily deserves the number that he's been given this week, which is right around 12 to 1. And so uh, he is, to me, the biggest X factor. I, I've got two questions that I want to ask you, and, and I want you to answer this. Uh, it, would it completely surprise you if Rory won by five this week? Yeah, I think it would. Okay, well, so much for that hypothetical. Uh, uh, would it completely surprise you if Rory missed the cut by five this week? No, that would not. Okay, uh, you you were supposed to answer no to each of those questions because uh, the point I'm trying to make here is that the range for Rory, we talk about ceilings and floors. Rory's a skyscraper right now. And Rory can be uh, 40 floors up or he could be in the basement this week. And I have absolutely no idea where he's going to be closer on the range of outcomes. But at, at that number, he's a stay away. He's a fade for me. The only reason I say not by five, I, I think now if you can win a major by five in this current climate, that is an incredible accomplishment. Fair, I, you know, and, and just based on the way he was playing last year, but then I open up Twitter this morning and see that he said that Tiger noticed him at Quail Hollow, getting a little inside. He goes over to Tiger's pad. They spend a couple hours just geeking out, talking golf swing. It'd be like, you know, you're some defensive coordinator in college. Belichick calls you up. Hey, I see a couple things you could tweak. I mean, that's that, that type of stuff in a weird way. Rory gets away, gets his mind right. And you get the guy who's, you know, I, I'd put right up with Phil as one of the great golf nerds 
player, non-player, whoever of all time in Tiger Woods, like he's giving you legit advice. You know, Tiger knows the golf swing. So I'm a little more bullish on Rory just because, like you said, he gets a fly under the radar now and and just maybe a subtle tweak because Rory, I mean, his tweak would be like a tweak by Steph Curry. I mean, it's just so minuscule. And if he gets it right, you're, you're right. He can play with anybody. Yeah, I just see I I see the other side of that though, and I look at it from the other perspective, which is uh, essentially to further your analogy, it's like a you know an Aaron Rodgers or a Jalen Hurts or a Patrick Mahomes or whoever we want to talk about uh, throws three interceptions, two straight games, and all of a sudden everybody's calling him from everywhere, like, hey, you got this little thing with your wrist when you're throwing, or you're not looking off this guy, and yes, they're trying to help, but all of a sudden now you're like. Hey, it's not just physical and technical. Now it's mental and physiological and emotional. And I'm I'm thinking about everything. I'm not just doing, I'm thinking. And I wonder if getting all this little advice, even if it's just little tweaks, little things here and there, Rory is a very analytical guy. And I wonder if at some point when he's playing the golf course and he's on the sixth hole about to hit his drive and he's like, oh yeah, that's right. Tiger told me I got to do that thing. And he's, trying to do the thing that tiger said or avoid doing the thing that he said don't do and i i just it's a little harder than that just going hey rory you're really good at golf why don't you just go hit the ball and go make some birdies which i i think works out a lot better for him he plays better when he's carefree when he's got a smile on his face there are good angry golfers out there john rom is a great angry golfer uh, I believe Justin Thomas is a great angry golfer. Brooks Kepka is a great angry golfer when he's got a chip on his shoulder. When Rory's frustrated, you can read it on his face. I mean, I've said before that when Rory's not playing his best golf, you don't need to look at the scorecard. You don't need to look at the leaderboard. You can just look at his face and you know that he's not playing well. And by the same token, vice versa, you can look at him. He's bouncing down the fairway. He's got a smile on his face. And when he's playing well, you know he's playing well and you know he's kind of got it. I just wonder if getting all these little tweaks and all this little advice, even though it's coming from a good spot and it's coming from people that are trying to help him. I wonder if at some point Rory looks at himself and is like, "What? I, I can't, there's too much noise inside and I, I can't succeed with all the noise. Before we get into your picks and some of the guys I like, one big picture thing on John Rahm is I, I would say the most historic thing of my lifetime in golf is obviously the Tiger Slam. You know, J- Jordan, Rory, they had their moments of winning the majors, which was sweet. Kepka, obviously, that two-year run of winning all the majors. But if John Rahm pulls this off, he would then be the heavy favorite at LACC. We know how well he plays in the open. Obviously, just just based on the number, he would the Grand Slam would be on the table. But it would feel like, oh my God, we, we'd be looking at Truly one of the great golf seasons of all time. And financially, he'd be looking at like, you know, a $40, $50 million golf season just on the course. Uh, All of that is true. And, you know, not that we shouldn't go too far ahead and think about that stuff. Or the antithesis, which is Rom finishes in 23rd place this week. We start talking about a master's hangover because he hasn't played his best golf since then. And we're like, it can go in either direction. But you're absolutely right about that. No player has won the Masters and the PGA in the same year since Jack Nicholas back in 75. Only two players have won the first two legs of the Grand Slam in the same year in the last 50 years. That was Tiger in 02 and Jordan in 15. And so uh, he can certainly reach some rarefied air and join some pretty elite company if he's able to win this week. And you're right. That all of a sudden puts him on track for, well, next month, LACC. 
U.S. Open fits his game. I've always thought that he should be a really good Open Championship player. I mean, this guy's played a lot of Lynx <laughs> golf in his career too. So it's it's very easy for us to sit here and connect the dots and try to give him three more majors this year and go. Well, John Rahm just had the greatest year in golf history. And he won all the majors. I, that's very possible. It's also very possible that things go wrong and he can't uh, he, he can't follow his master's success. The, the same thing that happened to Scotty at this point last year. Look, Scotty didn't have a bad rest of the year by any means, but at some point, golf is cyclical and you hit these ebbs and flows. Rom actually talked about in his press conference today that, you know, you just try to try to make sure the lows aren't that low and don't last very long and then get back to the highs of it. And he understands that very well. He's very well spoken about success and what it means and trying to overcome failures. And um, he's very astute in those observations. And uh, look, uh, you're not wrong about any of it. We certainly could see that from Rom, but um, it's it's probably too early for the Grand Slam talk. I'll, I'll throw that much out. Okay, your pick and why? I went with Sunjay M. I'm going based on a trend, not at Oak Hill itself, even though he kind of fits the ball striker mentality of a Jason Duffner from 10 years ago. Just plot it around and um, don't do anything too special, but don't get yourself in trouble either. The trend I'm looking at is over the last three weeks, the winners we've seen, Tony Finau at the Mexico Open, Wyndham Clark at the Wells Fargo Championship, Jason Day at the AT&T Byron Nelson. What did they all have in common? They were all playing really, really good golf. This was not a one-off. It was not an outlier performance by any of those three. It was, I'm playing great golf. I'm trending in the right direction. And all of a sudden, I had a little bit of a spike week where things went my way, a couple of putts drop in the hole, and you're going to win after playing that type of golf. Sunjay is one of these guys, and I've got Xander Shoffley second on my list, and I'll have uh, outrights on him this week as well. But guys who are playing really, really well, good enough to win, that just essentially need a couple more little things to go their way, and they're going to be at the top of the leaderboard. And so I've told you before, I look at him as a guy that might not be in the conversation with Rahm and and Scheffler and might not be even in the next conversation with, say, Rory and Cantley and Xander, but I don't think Im gets enough credit for being as talented as he is and being in the same tier as a Morikawa and a Spieth and a, who else is there, Uh, Victor Hovland. I I think he's just as good as those guys, maybe not as accomplished, maybe not, Hasn't won as much as those other players, but uh, I do think it's coming for Sunjay pretty soon. Yeah, I'm with you on Z- I got tickets on Xander and Tony as well. You know, two guys, I-, I think in that 30 to 40 to range, Hatton and Homa. If this was, you know, the the Facebook Open or the whatever, Yeti Open, there was an elevated event, we'd love the, the, that number. You'd be all, but it's a major, and you're like, uh, you know, Homa hasn't really showed it yet. Hatton, you know, plays really well in all these big tournaments. I heard some comparisons to Bay. It's a different, obviously, with the lakes, but Bay Hill when when it plays really hard to this course. You you see any similarities there with Hatton's had success? Yeah, not as fiery as Bay Hill, and obviously the weather patterns are completely different. But yeah, I can see. I mean, just in the difficult nature of of it, Hatton is a guy that I have a hard time backing at least pre-tournament because I don't know what his mindset's going to be. Uh, he is so volatile. Uh, on and off the golf course that uh, he look they might overcook his burger in player dining today and all of a sudden he's in a bad mood for the rest of the week and he doesn't play well or 
I don't know. He might just take to the city of Rochester and go, wow, this place is pretty cool. I got, you know, I got a good dinner the other night and be in a good mood all week and play really good golf. I, I have a hard time backing a player who just has a personality in, in a game that's that volatile. So um, uh, he is playing well, though, and I can certainly say it. Homeless guy that I really like this week. And this is going to be a very strange comparison, but I, I see some similarities between Oak Hill and TBC Potomac at Avenel Farms, where they played last year's Wells Fargo Championship because Quail Hollow is being prepped for the President's Cup. And Max went and won that golf tournament in chilly conditions with some wind. It was wet in the morning. It was a big golf course, lots of rough. That's essentially what we have this weekend. I know Homa hasn't played his best golf in majors. Only one finish better than 40th in 14 career starts, but it did come at last year's PGA Championship. He finished 13th at Southern Hills, so uh, I do think that um, there's some thought that he could play some good golf, and he's just, quite frankly, for him, it might be more mental than anything else. He, he is trying to talk himself into the fact that he's one of the world's best players. I think he knows it and understands it. He's just got to play like it. I think uh, I think there's a good chance we see him do it this week. You know, two guys that you know, you would have said a year ago, as the live thing was unfolding, that would have had live written all over them would have been Jason Day and Ricky Fowler. And I have so much. Re- Obviously, they were super rich, so they didn't have to make a decision just strictly based on money. But the way their games were, and they stuck it out and they battled. Obviously, Jason just won. Ricky's, you know, resurrected his career. I don't know either of those, especially Jason Day, went back to back. It's pretty difficult. Kind of like him at LACC. But both those guys, top 10, I know you liked Ricky as a top 10, or maybe it was top 20, but th- those guys to compete, or Jason Day, that's asking a lot to go back-to-back weeks, playing at a really high after that high last week. Yeah, I ranked the top 25 this week. I think it just got posted, and I think I've got Ricky 10th and Jason 11th. So, yes, I you know, sort of borderline top 10 plays for me, but I really like both of those guys. And, I, look, I, I think you can make a case for Jason Day this week. Twice previously in his career, and granted, he was playing better back then, but not not massively better. I mean, I know he was number one in the world, but that was a culmination of a few years of good golf. He's been playing really well, obviously, right now. Uh, but twice, 2015 and 2016, he won in back-to-back starts. So uh, there's a little precedence here for Jason Day to go out and play well again. Plus, he's got that monkey off his back. It had taken him just over five years to win again on the PGA Tour. Now that he's done it, sort of a free roll this week, and I kind of like that about him, that he doesn't have to play with the pressure, the internal pressure of trying to chase something that he once was. He can just go out there and play golf this week, and I would not be surprised if Jason Day won this golf tournament. I think there are a ton of parallels right now between Day and his career and Ricky and his career. Now, Day has sort of gotten to the peak of that mountain as world number one, as a major champion that Ricky was always searching for and never quite got to. But Ricky is playing as a top 15 type player on the PGA Tour so far this year. He's another one of those guys. And I mentioned this with Sunjay. I mentioned it with Xander, but he's another one of those guys where the performance has sort of outclassed the results so far this year. Uh, due for what we call in the in the industry, and I hate this term, positive regression, which sort of sounds oxymoronic, but I haven't found a better term yet. Uh, what it means essentially is that he's due for a an upturn in the results because the performance levels there. He's played some really good golf without necessarily seeing uh, a win or even anything uh, real close over the last couple of months. And so I, I think it's going to be a good week for Ricky as well. 
Hey, I'm going to get you out of here on this. I, I've always wondered this, you know, especially over the last like five, six years, these guys got so rich, the money's so big. And, you know, the hierarchy of the majors, this has always been the fourth one and they've moved it around a little bit. When you're out there, because you're a Masters champ, you're a U.S. Open champ. We saw the power of the Open last year. Does this still feel, I, I understand like they all know it's a major, but is there a clear drop off from when you walk through the gates at the other three majors and this feels much closer to like the players or something? Or does this still feel as big as you've been going to these for decades? It's big. Look, there's there's nothing that really compares to driving down Magnolia Lane and showing up to Augusta National. So, uh, you know, I, I can't say that it's on the same level as that. And I don't think any player would uh, insist that it's on the same level as the Masters either. But yeah, it still feels like a major. And I'll throw in one more part of this, one more piece of the puzzle is that now that live players are sort of separated from the PGA Tour players and they're only meeting up four times a year, that these things feel a little bit more important now because all of a sudden the guys who are going against each other in designated events on the PGA Tour week in, week out, well, now you throw in Cameron Smith and Dustin Johnson and Brooks Kepka and all these live guys that they've got to deal with. It, it makes it feel a little bit more important, a little bit more momentous that they're all here this week. So, yeah, it, it does feel a little bit different. It feels like a major. You're right about the fact that most of these guys, if given an opportunity, uh, the Masters is first on most guys' list. I think win a Clara Jug is is probably second, and the U.S. Open just because of the way the USGA has uh, gone about things. I will put it this way: over the last handful of years, and I think got, things have gotten better since uh, Mike Wan has been there. But uh, you know, despite what what Phil thinks, uh, <laughs> I, I think the USGA has gotten better in recent years. But I. I would say that the U.S. Open is probably a third, and this is a fourth, but look, no one's going to turn it down, and I, I do think there's a little more extra motivation for a guy like Justin Thomas, the defending champion, who comes from a line of PGA club professionals, and I, I threw Cameron Young uh, near the top of my list this week because I do think there's some narratives in his favor, not only being a quote-unquote home game, he lives five hours away, I grew up five hours away, so it's not really home, but this feels like a lot of those uh, New York area style golf courses that uh, he grew up playing. And then he's the son of a PGA club professional. So uh, this is going to mean a little bit more for a guy like Cam Young. So I, I, I like him as well. But um, yeah, look, it's it's a clear, I would think, fourth out of four for most of the players. If given their choice and put on the truth serum to to tell us which one they'd really like to win. But that doesn't mean they wouldn't really like to win it. And they're all going out there playing this thing as a major. Feels like Phil's kind of got a swag back after that uh, Masters performance. Just tweeting away and just the way he's carrying himself. He feels like he's, get, he's getting back to his roots. I, I don't know how to explain Phil these days. I don't understand it. Have you, um, have you seen him since you've been there? I've not seen him this week yet, no. Uh, I will say that I've been nose down in a lot of work and walk the golf course and things like that where um just haven't been on the range a whole lot to go see any guys, but uh boy, Phil's in a weird place. I I heard a story secondhand from somebody not too long ago that um someone that Phil knew very, very well for twenty years, someone involved in the game, but who's not a professional golfer that yeah, considered Phil a very, very close friend and 
they have no relationship anymore. It's just, it, it's just, there's, there's a lot of weird stuff like that. And I, I don't know how to describe it right now. I'm not sure Phil even knows. Phil's a guy that I was maintained. He always had an agenda. He was always, he was trying to play chess whenever he thought everyone else was playing checkers and he was trying to stay two or three steps ahead of everybody else. And he always had an agenda. I, I don't know what the agenda is right now. And, and I think he's kind of lost the plot a little bit. And I think he's, He's lost fans. This guy who was so image conscious for 25 years of his career and now is is basically burning down the whole house, and I just don't quite understand it from his perspective. Going to be a little harder for Phil to make cut this week, huh? Uh, look, I, if Phil goes out and finishes second again this week like he did at Augusta, I, I don't know. It's I, I brought up the fact that we might have talked about it on the pod last week. I, I was talking about it on the radio show that I look at the U.S. Ryder Cup team as having, I think there are 10 spots that, barring injury, illness, massive slump, that are probably the names are penciled in, if not in ink right yeah, now. Yeah, we did. And then two spots that are like wide open. And I brought up on radio that uh, one of the live play, you know, DJ, Brooks, somebody like that. How about Phil? Uh, that would, I, I don't know. I mean, we talk about burning the house down. We'd be uh, burning down the whole street if Phil was somehow able to qualify and make the Ryder Cup team, because I, I don't think they're just going to put him on if he's uh, not qualified. I don't think he's getting that uh, that wild card selection, but if he somehow makes the Ryder Cup team by playing really well at majors, I, I don't even know anymore. I mean, I don't even know how to describe this, but it's uh, it's wild. Uh, I can't wait to watch him. I don't know. that whole Remember that whole uh, marketing campaign, what will Phil do next? They had no idea what was coming 20 years later. <laughs> Well, well, Sobel, enjoy the week, and uh, see who the next major champion is. Thanks, buddy. Uh, my wallet says Sanjay. Hart says maybe some other guys, but wallet says Sanjay. Yeah, my, mine says Homa. Let's go, baby. Juan Gabriel. Juan Selena. Selena. Celia Cruz. Azúcar. Harold G. La Bichota. Christina Aguilera. Ex-Tina. Just to name a few. We're serving the whole story. From rags to riches. And all the tea in between. I'm Liliana Vasquez. And I'm Joseph Carrillo. And we're the host of Becoming an Icon Season 2. Guess who's back in the house? And we're bringing you even more stories behind the world's biggest stars in Latin music. Certified Latin royalty. Consider us your star sleuths, your chisme besties, digging beneath los mejores éxitos to bring you everything you didn't know about your favorite Latin icons. Hey, you know what, my boo? You're my favorite icon. Aw, Joseph! Listen to Becoming an Icon, part of the Michael Cotto Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Nikki Glazer Podcast. Her roast of Tom Brady stole the show. Now she's talking about it on the latest episode of the Nikki Glazer Podcast. I said, tell Tom Brady that I'm the Tom Brady of roasting. Lots of people roasted the goat, but only Nikki is still being talked about. Every time I refresh my DMs, it's 14 blue check marks of people I didn't even know who knew me are writing like paragraphs to me. Hear that in all episodes of the Nikki Glazer Podcast on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Nikki Glazer Podcast. To start listening. Okay, let's bang out some questions. At Golopod, at Golopod, fire in those DMs on Instagram. Lucas, fellow bald brother, love the football podcast. Recently was shown this pod by my buddy who loves golf. 
I don't even follow or like golf. Still a great listen. Appreciate it. Double question. Do you think that Phil Mickelson will win another major in his career? Also, do you think the PJ events would would be high paying without Liv? Uh, No, they would not. Not this year. Liv definitely forced their hand. I think Phil Mickelson could win the Masters. Maybe the right course if he was on. It would have to be probably the next three or four years at the Open. You know, Phil, in a weird way, he's never been injured. He honestly could play well at the Masters in the Open Championship for the next foreseeable future. I think like this week in U.S. Opens, well, one, he's he hasn't had much success in the U.S. Opens in a while. And I think the PGA Championship has some similar... I know he won it a couple years ago. A uh, little freaky deal, unique kind of outlier course for the type of courses they play. So I would say, yeah, it would be if you told me he's tied for the lead, you know, middle of Saturday at the Masters or in the mix at the Open, you know, kind of like a Tom Watson several years ago. I know Tom was older. Maybe it was Tom 58 at the time. Was that a decade ago? Uh, I, so, yeah, he's never been injured. And his swing has kind of been the same for 20 years, you know, so. No faith that he can compete, though, at the middle two majors. Zero, Not the U.S. Open anymore, and not at the PGA. Feels good, man. Do you watch any uh, golf content on YouTube like Good Good or Bob Does Sports? I feel like you would enjoy Bob Does Sports with a sense of humor. Bob just did a video with Johnny Menzel, and it was gold. I had to buy a jersey after that. I love Bob Does Sports. During the Super Bowl, we were going to dinner. Me and my girlfriend were meeting... Some people downtown. It was actually, I think, was that Doug Gottlieb? Yeah, I think we went to dinner with Doug Gottlieb and uh, his girlfriend. And then after they went home, and I was like, yeah, let's go get a cocktail. Walked across the street to the Barstool Bar. And those guys, Bob, Cold Cuts. Uh, Cold Cuts was not in there. It was it was Bob and, and uh, FP were in there. And I told Maria, I'm like, I don't think you realize how famous these guys are. And I, I loosely said hi to Pat Perez. He walked by, but I didn't go up to him and start bullshitting with him. Uh, and Maria's like, those guys? I'm like, yeah, I'm telling you. I played golf probably a month ago. I love their shit. I find Bob hilarious. FP's a stick. Uh, Cold Cuts is, you know, uh, a pretty special character. I, I watch some of the good, good stuff. I respect, you know, their game. It doesn't do much for me. Uh, clearly, they've built an incredible business. A lot of respect for what they've done ahead of the curve. Bob does sports probably more my style. Uh, I like that. I saw that Rappaport, uh, Dan Rappaport, who works for Barstool now, did a pretty cool thing where he caddied nine holes for Thagala. I like that. I, I watch golf content for sure. I watch all the Bob does sports stuff. And those guys, Bob's fucking funny, man. <laughs> I mean, those, those guys are those guys are gold. So big fans. Uh, yeah. Oklahoma native here. Live Golf just hosted their tournament this weekend. The atmosphere was electric. There was a lot of action. Skydivers, Live Golf flags, an overall great experience. My question, do you think the PGA adopts any Live Golf entertainment tactics to appeal to the golf audience? Good question. You know, even at the waste management, there is, I don't think we're ever going to get on the PGA, especially these elevated events, the music Though, like when I play golf, whether I'm playing $100 a hole or just by myself, I play music. 
You know, I don't think the music is that crazy. Now, blaring it on every hole, I could see where some guys don't like it. Uh, I, what would Liv do, you know, the concerts after? The shotgun start is never going to happen because they're always going to have more guys playing than are on the course at one time. Yeah, I think there are elements of Liv. I've never been to one, and I, I'll be completely honest, I haven't really watched it at all this year, though I do kind of follow the leaderboard. But I have not watched, and I'm a golf junkie, any CW. Um, I, I think the PGA Tour should always be willing to steal ideas to make their product more fan-friendly. Isn't that what all these sports, their job is? So whatever specific ideas that would work and carry over, that they should 100% steal. Is Jason Day capable of repeating his performance in 15? You called it a few weeks ago. He's had great finishes lately, and... You know, it just hasn't worked out. Might have gotten his swagger back. The only reason I wouldn't bet Jason Day this week is because he just won. How often do people win back-to-back? Now, if you told me Jason Day wins again this year, whether it's at LACC, whether it's one of the elevated events, whether it's at the playoff event, whether it's at the Open, I think it's on, on the table. He has an elite short game. I remember talking to Hunter Mahan, who played him in the match play final, I think, you know, Dell match play, whatever, a decade ago. And I was like, what made Jason Day so sweet? And at the time, he was long. He's like, bro, his short game and his putting was elite. His short game is really, really good. So clearly, he's a high-level ball striker. If he's hitting fairways, I don't know, quote-unquote, swagger back. Like, is the guy ever going to be the number one player in the world? But, like, could the guy be a factor for the next several years? Hell yeah. <laughs> I don't. I don't see why not. His swing feels much more repeatable. Mentally, feels in a really good place. I would bet probably $500 right now at pretty good odds that Jason Day wins a big tournament. I would say last week was not a big tournament, right? He was 16-1 to to win the tournament. That's why I didn't bet. The field was kind of shitty. But I, I think he wins either an elevated event, a playoff event, a major in the next... Assuming he stays healthy, right? The back goes, then we got problems. If he stays healthy in the next two years, and he's going to rack up a lot of cash. Question for the pod. What would your confidence level be in 24, Matt Fitzpatrick putting on the green jacket? Love the pod. Think of all the guys we talk about, and I'm guilty of this, the Finaus, the Xanders, Jordan, JT, you know, uh, Max, Cam Cam Young, just kind of that group. Sam Burns, uh, probably on the outside of that group, but I mean, we saw when Sam gets hot, he can beat anybody. Rory. Matt Fitzpatrick literally fucking won the U.S. Open last year. I mean, took out Zalatoris and Scotty Scheffler. <laughs> Matt Fitzpatrick just went toe-to-toe with Jordan Spieth, beat him. Now Jordan missed a couple short putts, right? But still, beat him head-to-head. Elevated event right after the Masters. Matt Fitzpatrick is really, really freaking good. Like, stud. So yeah, I would say if you tell me Matt Fitzpatrick wins a U.S. Open, very believable. If you tell me we look up and Matt Fitzpatrick's career ends and he's got two or three, if he's every bit as good a player, I think, is Colin Morikawa. So if Colin Morikawa can win two majors, Matt Fitzpatrick can as well. 2024 next year, I mean, I, I'd say the next five years. I mean, he could easily win one. Heading to the PGA Championship on Friday. Any general tips for going to your first PGA event major? 
I haven't been to a major yet, let alone a tour event in general. Just was wondering your thoughts. Course looks sweet compared to last time they hosted it. Well, you can do a couple things. Last time I went to the U.S. Open, I, I didn't. I, you couldn't really gamble on golf then. You know, in nineteen at Pebble Beach, so I just set up shop at a couple different holes and drank and hung out. If you're gambling on a guy, let's say you're betting on Matt Fitzpatrick or Tony Finau or whatever, I think it'd be pretty cool to watch their group for a while, follow them for nine holes. I, I mean, I, I think that'd be pretty fun, you know? Uh, now, if you're not doing that, set up shop on a green, on a tee box, and just watch guys come through. That never gets old. I don't think you can go wrong. Now, if you follow a Rory, a Rom, I, I honestly, as recording this, I haven't even looked at the groups. Clearly, they put top players together. Can be difficult. You know, New York, a lot of people there. Uh, some the easiest thing I've found going to events in my life from the first event I ever went to U.S. Open '98 U, uh, Olympic Club to just you know when's the last time I've been to a golf event? Might have been '19 of the U.S. Open. I, I tend to just go to a hole and go to a hole where you get a good view, whether it be a green or whether it be a tee box. Get a you know couple beers, couple hot dogs, and just kind of hang. Just wondering your thoughts on live right now. Masters put to rest any questions on level of competition, but as someone living in Canada, I literally can't access the tourney unless I subscribe to their app. Leaderboard looked good on Sunday, but it feels very difficult to access. I feel like they jumped the gun on the TV thing and should have stayed on YouTube. I I said it to begin with. YouTube is the easiest thing to access in the world right now. If you got internet, you just fucking type in the website. You can watch whatever you want. It was so easy. They were so obsessed. And this is what happens when... You know, I'm sure there might have been some big picture elements of this. Maybe they thought it would help them get official golf world rankings. I don't know why that would factor in. But like YouTube, this isn't 2015. It was fine. Stay on YouTube. I'm with you. I I don't get it. I didn't like that decision. I hated that decision, actually. Despised it. It made no sense to me. Just stay on YouTube so we can all watch it. But Greg Norman, you know, he wanted... The CW, and think about this, they go to the uh, the playoff, DJ and Cam Smith in a playoff, and there's, was it Brandon Grace? And CW changed to, I, I forget the show, but it was some stupid-ass show because they got contractual obligations. You, you think if the PGA Tour is going to a playoff, they, they keep showing it. 60 minutes, got to wait. Same thing with the NFL. But the Liv signed the stupidest television ever, CW, and I, I hate it. I, I'm with you. Okay, last question. I heard someone asked that was going to the Masters what the play should be regarding following a golfer or posting up. Any thoughts on the weekend? I'm going to the PGA. Yeah, same thing. You're gambling on a guy and his group is accessible. Because like, you know, I've been to tournaments with Tiger. It's not, you got no shot if you're going to follow Tiger. Right? If you're going to follow Rory or Rom or just some of the headliners, if Spieth plays, JT, Tony, it's going to be difficult, but you might be able to find a group with some guys you're betting on that might have like a Jason Day, Matt Fitzpatrick. If you got a little juice on them, follow them. It's still going to be packed, but it's cool to follow some holes. Or you could just do the natural, just walk the course. Just who's ever playing is playing. I never understand, unless you're walking, why you would ever stand on, you know, like 250 to 300 yards down a hole. Like that's when people get hit. I always either go to the tee or the green if I'm going to go to a hole. And just sit there. T or green. Or follow. It makes no sense to 
sit in the middle of the hole, right? If it's a 500-yard hole, these people that are standing on the 300-yard mark and just watching, it's, you don't have these, no one can see the ball in the air until it hits you in the face. So I, I would go tier green at a specific hole. I don't know the course really beside what I've seen on TV. Just pick a cool hole. Par threes are always fun. Uh, par five greens, if, if they can drive it. Long par four approaches, you know, by the green are cool. So or just walk the course, get some steps in, have some beers. You feel like you're not even gaining calories because you're walking so much. Appreciate everyone listening. Let's have a week. Come on, Homa. Uh, wouldn't mind Keegan winning either. Got a little, he's got long odds. Gary Woodland, also I would celebrate. But Tony, Xander, have no issue with either. Big Dick Rick, Terrell Hatton, let's have a week. Enjoy the tournament. And uh, we got a new major champ potentially come Sunday. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere, like at your pregame barbecue. While you prep your meats, that grease trap you forgot to empty is prepping to smoke your porch, garage, and the car inside. And without the right home and auto insurance coverage, the cost to repair this could eat up your savings. So bundle home and auto with Allstate to save and get protected from mayhem like this. Bundled savings variant are not available in every state. Coverage is subject to policy terms and conditions. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.